On this episode of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, brought to you by KTM, Climb, and Recluse, we talk about what the heck a Beta X Trainer is, what the job of a spoke is, and do you really need the right size tube in your motorcycle? Hey, Hi, this is Jimmy Lewis with Dirt Bike Test and Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, and I'm here to tell you a little bit about Recluse Clutches. Now, I've been using Recluse Clutches since... I think our wheels were made out of wood, but I can't be sure. And they've come a long ways. The auto clutch technology is frankly amazing. They're getting with better materials, um, more time learning how these things work and function. The ability for them to tune these clutches into, well, let's put it this way. I feel like I'm really good on the clutch and I don't feel like I'm as good as a recluse, especially when it's set up properly with all the tuning and options they have, you can set up your recluse clutch to do almost anything you want. How do you know? Well, I watch people literally increase the skill level just by putting a recluse in their bike, and that's not easy to do. So if you are interested in learning more, you can always go to recluse.com. That's www.reklus.e.com and learn and Find out what you need for your bike. I'm from Pahrump. This is... Oh, Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. That's right, Logan. I'm glad I caught you like right off guard there from the get-go because it's gonna, it could get rough like that. This is the show where we talk about... Motorcycles and motorcycles-related products. Right. Almost exactly like that. I like to say dirt bike and dirt bike-related products, uh, but now you've got me stuttering, too. So we'll <laughs> just uh, kick this show off. Uh, it's going to be the stutter show. Um, I think that we have a, a lot We have a lot of questions. Some popped up uh, Some popped up in the... In the uh, Last question I asked, I promised I would get those things first. So I'm going to hit those questions, the ones that I didn't print up. Um, let's see. Robert Stockton asked, Parker DT tires, they can be mounted hard or in intermediate direction. Does that reference how difficult the terrain is, how gnarly it is, how soft the ground is, rider level? I cannot figure it out. So I pointed the wider flat bit of the knob. So that is for better braking. Well, that's the way I figure anyway. What does it all mean? So Robert, um, the uh, if you, if you kind of analyze the tread pattern on those particular tires, when you mount them in the hard direction, it, it actually does do that. It puts the larger square edge facing the back. So when you get on the brakes, that's what's gonna be doing the grabbing. And for reference, I run my Kenda Parker DTs in the hard direction all the time, especially the front tire. Um, I don't like the way that they perform in the uh, intermediate direction. You lose a ton of uh, a ton of braking performance, and I find they kind of wander around even in intermediate conditions. So the the hard and and intermediate reference is in based on what they think the ground is going to be like. Um, so the more harder terrain, the more you know hard pack and blue groove and rocks and stuff, the more you'd want to run the hard direction and then more softer, loamy stuff, I guess you would want to run the intermediate direction, but I don't really find that big of a difference in acceleration traction. I find a huge difference on the on the braking side. And when you do get a tire 
and uh, it has directional stuff. Um, try it both ways. Uh, you know, you know if you if you switch it around pretty early in its life, where the where the you know the braking edge isn't worn, maybe the, the maybe you wear the traction edge, the forward edge down a little bit. Flip that tire around and see how they work, and uh, get an idea for um, which way you like it. And then you know try some different trains. So that can be helpful. Uh, Charlie Tuna, 2018 500EXC recent valve checks has one of my exhaust valves right at spec 0.012 millimeters. The other three valves are all sitting in the middle of spec and are good to go. For planning purposes, would you recommend any particular brand shim kit? Well, since you're never going to have to adjust that sucker, or more than likely, as long as you don't let um, sand or something, or you don't like, you know, hearing what the rev limiter sounds like for long periods of time, um, that'll probably sit right there for a long, long time. And even if it gets a little bit on the tight side, uh, wouldn't be too crazily concerned. But um, what I have is uh, I have the uh, hot cams um, shim kits and it's just a big box with everything in it because I have so many bikes um, I want to have and so I have like seven or eight different kits the different sizes and everything because when you go to the manufacturer and buy the individual kits they're really expensive and I've never had these uh, shims fail or um, do anything strange I don't know how much really wear there is on them I mean there is some pressure on them all the time but uh They've uh, they've been really good, and I've had them for probably fifteen years, twenty years. Some of those some of those kits, and there's some that I'm short on. You know, there's there's a couple sizes I'm short on, and I wish you could order individual sets. I think there's ways you can, um, but I haven't needed to uh, just yet. Um, you know what a shim kit is, Logan? Um, is it for jetting? No. <laughs> It's okay. Uh, well, you have jets in the toolbox? Not, no, I've you don't, get a hot cams don't let, Yeah. Don't, oh, you oh, got yeah. one. Oh, yeah. I got yeah. a couple of them. Got a couple. So what they are is they're, they're little uh, round uh, like a pill. pieces of metal. Yeah, they look like pills. Yeah, and different, uh, different sizes, widths, thicknesses. Yeah. And so when your valves, you know, you have an adjustment. And what he's talking about is basically the free play of the, of the lifter. Um, or the, the cam sitting on top of a bucket, they, you always want to have some clearance because if it's tight, the, the valve isn't going to close all the way and seal up the cylinder. Mm-hmm. So, so with the shims, you space it out because it's all very carefully controlled and how they, they're built so you can space the distance between where the, the, the valve and the whatever activates it, the, the bucket, and, the, and in between that and the cam, there's a little bit of space. So... Um, yeah, uh, you can keep an eye on it, but I would, I would instead of keeping an eye on it, just pay attention to how your bike works. Um, the minute it seems like it's hard to start, uh, then check your valves. Uh, that's uh, that's the first thing I do when my bike. Well, when my bike gets hard to start, I check fuel filters, and then uh, just check to make sure you know nothing's funky with it. Doesn't have like some sort of electrical thing, but <clears throat> when it's consistently hard to start. Or if you have to bump start it, yeah, check the valves. That's always the thing. Um, then there was one other one. Rusty Nail says, DBT is the best source of valuable information for us regular guys. Thanks for doing what you do. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm going to pat myself on the back right now. Yeah. I took my new Tenere 700 on a maiden voyage this weekend. I think you bought it because I said it was good. So I, I, I need it. I need a... Like you have that bell over there for some particular reason. 
like I need a chart over here every time somebody buys a bike that I that I, that I you know like I should just you know put another notch on the bedpost as it were. Um, let's see, this the bike worked well, really stable, great usable power, and handled well. Two issues: I need a recommendation on tires for sixty forty gravel firm dirt roads. Uh, Kenda Parker DTs. No, wait, I'm sorry. Uh, Kenda Big Blocks. Got got confused between my two favorite tires. And also the best grips for easing hand fatigue. Um, uh, and I think George actually uh, put a link to my school down below and said my school eases hands fatigue. But uh, in reality, uh, yeah, not gripping so tight will um, uh, help hand fatigue. On some of my, I learned this about on rally bikes, they make these foam grips. And factory rally bikes, almost all of them have these foam grips. And when you come from any kind of other background, you just they're like lawnmower grips. And you go, I don't want to run those. But when you do long distance races, you end up running them. And I've put them on, on some of my bikes. The biggest problem is they're a little bit bigger diameter, and I like a real small diameter grip. Um, but if, if it really is a thing like that, it might not be the grips you're after. It might be some sort of a vibration dampening in the handlebars. Uh, flex bars actually can help with um, the hits that come through the handlebars. Uh, there's a couple other different systems out there, but uh, those are those are the, the things that that I use. Um, San Felipe Bob says aftermarket real rear tail brake light holder for a YZ450. Don't know. Does sick ass or someone make something like that? I'm not sure. I know they make a lot of KTM ones. Um, a Cherby usually makes a fender you can bolt on to almost anything. Uh, that's it for those questions. So we'll get the other ones. Logan, what's our first one over there with uh, Katie? Hey, who's this show brought to you by? Um, KTM. Right. And what is KTM? Um, I had to write a new one because I got a new phone. Oh, yeah. well, a new phone. Yeah. Does it do as much stuff as the old phone? Yeah. Does your dad have the keys to it? No. No? <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, KTM has a ready-to-race mentality with every product it develops. With North American headquarters in Marietta, California, KTM has are they're a fierce competitor on the racetracks around the world. And the Brand's remarkable global hey, success. Did, did you did you proofread this? Did you proofread this? Did you read it out loud before right now? No. You never read it out loud? No. And now, but now you can tell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's one of those things you gotta do. You gotta yeah. you, you gotta read it out loud. You gotta practice this. You gotta you gotta sing it in the bathroom or you know, read it off to your dad, he'll be sick of you. I mean, what'd your dad just do? Like last week evidently. Mm-hmm. Oh, Get a dirt bike? Yeah, he bought a dirt bike, right? Yeah. What did he buy? KTM 300. Because I told him to? Kind of. Oh, yeah, another notch right there on the wall. Yeah, yeah you can throw it on so, so, no, you, you think it's because I told him it was good. It's because you read, you, if you're reading this ad to him all the time, it's like it's like he just doesn't, his brain doesn't even know what to do. He just, <laughs> he's been a Yamaha guy forever, almost, right? And, yeah. And now he's buying KTMs. So you can see this advertising is clearly, clearly working. Yeah. It's doing what it's supposed to do. Thank you, KTM, for supporting the show. They're made in Matikhofen, Matikhofen? Austria. Austria. Ready to race? Yeah. Championship mentality? Mm-hmm. Design in every product it makes? Yeah. Okay, good. I ride KTMs, too. That's all we need to know. 
<laughs> Your dad ride KTMs. You have a KTM. Yeah. They're going to take over the world, Logan. And then these guys that are buying the Yamahas, they're going to have to. They're going to wonder what's up. Um, okay. What is what's uh, Kate? Uh, what a Kate, Eric, and Katie Garrett want to know. Um, just put a brand new set of SRT complete aftermarket wheels on my seventeen three hundred XC. That's another KTM. There, it's an eighteen twenty one. My KTM manual recommendation: six newton meters torque spokes. Do you think this is a good torque? to stick with for the new wheels and often how often should i check this for spoke torque so i'm not familiar with those particular wheels um i'm pretty sure they're just kind of one of the one of the aftermarket sets and i it, and it's probably uh generally srt makes lower cost um parts so i i don't i don't know and the the reason is is that sometimes um the, I found that because I've used some uh, less expensive wheel sets before, and I found that uh, the difference between them and a real high end set is when you buy a high end set, they generally don't uh, have to be broken in. Like in other words, you don't, you almost don't have to tighten the spokes. Maybe once uh, after you buy it, but rarely do they um, start coming loose in weird patterns or anything like that. If if it's built by a good wheel builder and a good company like for instance w wheels makes really good stuff i've been building stuff for my adventure bikes for the last few years and i've never had to tighten a spoke on them which is really really good but some of the some of those complete wheels um they're sometimes they're not even as good as the stock wheels and, and everybody knows like one of the first things you do when you have a brand new bike is check the spokes it's like you ride it once and check the spokes and ride it twice check the spokes so there's methods for checking the spokes and I pretty much do my spoke tightening by feel, although I do have a fast company spoke torque wrench, which is a really nice tool. And it kind of, it kind of, you know, gives me a guide if I ever go back and, you know, sometimes I'll go actually start truing a wheel and I go, oh, I should go grab the spoke torque wrench. And, and I'll go and kind of check, you know, if it, if it clicks on every one, then I went a little bit too tight, you know, if it, and then I'll, I'll back it off to see what it takes to untorque it and then figure out where my, my wrist torque wrench may have gone wrong but um so i would if it if they're nice and true and everything's good like ride them for 20 minutes and then kind of go around and make sure nothing loosened up and then and then kind of find out where the torque is you know by if they're all consistent at that point you know figure out what it takes to make it go like an eighth turn more and you should be able to go around that wheel and be consistently adding you know an eighth of a turn to every spoke and the way that i do it um is I start at like the valve stem or the rim lock and I start on one side of the bike and I go an eighth of a turn, eighth of a turn, eighth of a turn, only tightening the spokes on that one side. And then I move to the other side of the bike and I spin the wheel in the opposite direction, starting at the same spot or 180 degrees off. And then I do a complete lo rotation around the wheel. And that has always worked for me. Um, I mean, I've seen I've seen manuals that show how to spoke how to tighten every fifteenth spoke or something like that, and you kind of you know count them around the wheel, and really strange strange methods. But what a lot of people don't understand is 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 the the spokes are spokes are essentially wires that are suspending that wheel an equidistant, a um, you know around the center of the hub, and they're is 
as much as they're, it's like when the, when the weight is down on the bottom of the, of the wheel, you know, like it usually is, the spokes that are up on the top are the ones kind of doing, doing the work. You know, it's kind of holding, it's suspending that thing. They're actually all doing a little bit of work, but it's like when you, when you watch really high speed video of a, of a, of a bike going through the, <laughs> through the whoops, you actually see the rim bending and the spokes going into the rim and that the top ones are, it, they're trying to, it's like literally trying to stretch. Yeah. So it's, a, it's an interesting thing, but I would just be careful with it. Um, uh, you know, maybe if, if, you know, you can test what six Newton meters is with the spork, uh, spoke, spoke torque wrench, um, and, uh, see if that's where they're set at. Um, I wouldn't go too tight because a lot of times you go too tight. You're just trying to rip the spokes out of the rim. There's just no place for it to go. So like over tightening doesn't usually do that good. And then it doesn't allow the wheel to move very much. Then you can get cracking and stuff like that. So yeah. Um, you check the spokes until they stop coming loose <laughs> until they've settled in either by corrosion and, and mud or by they've finally been trued into perfection. Um, that's what I would do. Is that what you do, Logan? Uh, I'm not on that job yet. Not that's 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 above your skill level. Yeah, like the valve shams. It's easy. They're easy to do. It's, a, it's something you actually spoking a wheel. Now that's fun. Mm -hmm. That's a that's good times. <laughs> that's an art. I mean, when you know when you watch somebody who knows how to do it. But if you take one off, it's like which way do the spokes cross? Like which which ones go which direction? And and there's different ways of spoking wheels, and there's a lot to it. Uh, what does Danny Turner want to know? Uh, tubeless or a heavy heavy duty tube with a MX33 on the back of a 300 for East Coast hair scrambles. Um, I would. I mean, anytime now, because there's availability with mooses, I would run mooses if I were racing, just because you figure how much you're spending to get there and what you're trying to do. Um, uh, I would run mooses. But uh, tubeless for racing versus heavy-duty tube. I, I never raced. I never ever raced with the tubeless um, system. I just rode, which I tell myself not to do all the time. I just rode about seven or 800 miles with a tubeless rear wheel on a, on a Kenda Equilibrium. And like that, it it worked fine until like the last day of the sand dunes is the first time it actually lost pressure and it was probably over four days I was riding the bike and uh, it didn't didn't do anything. But um, I would run the I would run a heavy tube, but not a super heavy tube. There's uh, there's there's the super ultra gnarly. They weigh too much and they pinch just as easy as the medium sized uh, heavy duty tubes. So I, between those two, if I were racing, I would run a tube. And I would um, make sure you had a lot of uh, baby powder in the tube so it's loose inside of there when you put it in. Uh, make sure it's the right side tube, although we have a question about that next. What's uh, what's Joe Doyle want to run? Um, Jimmy, how important is it to run the same tube size as the tire size? Is a 8121 tube fine in a... 9,100, 21 tube, or vice versa. How often should you should the tube be changed every few tire changes or longer? Don't say just run mooses, although I'm sure that would be great advice. Well, Thanks. Well, see, I did it to the last guy, right? <laughs> what would you do, Logan? Uh, Probably run the same size tube. As a tire? 
that you can't go wrong. Yeah. yeah um, but uh, um, I um, <laughs> I, run, I run a lot of different size tubes in a lot of different tires, and um, I've been amazed at how long a twenty-one inch tube will work in the back of an eighteen-inch tire when you go trail riding and you forget to take it out um, after you you know replaced one that went flat. Um, as far as the diameters, I put small, you know, smaller diameter tuber, tubes, you know, the motocross size tubes inside of adventure tires that need to expand way more and they've lasted for a long time. <laughs> so I don't think it's as critical as you would think, but, um, it probably wouldn't hurt to start out the right way. Uh, if I were racing, I would <laughs> definitely start out the right way. It's, it is, there's a point where it's like, okay, we're just trying to go riding and there's other times you need everything to perform 10 tenths. Uh, the tube, I never really, uh, went, I guess when I was racing, I pretty much threw a new tube on almost every time I changed the tire. I think it was just kind of part of the part of the thing. But uh, lately, it's just, I just grab the first tube I can get my hands on if it's been in another tire. Uh, if, if I'm swapping tires and I have tubes on them, I just throw the same tube back in. The what I would pay real close attention to is the, you want to look at the, uh, where the valve stem is. Because the biggest problem I have most of the time at old things is the valve stem getting rusty or corroded and that, you know, trying to rip out, um, you know, kind of tearing. And I'm very careful about not putting the, um, the nut down onto the rim. The nut is just in there to hold it from getting sucked back in when I'm changing it. And then, uh, um, so... Yeah, I think uh, the moose would be the best thing to do, though. Wait, I wasn't supposed to say that. <laughs> uh, next. Uh, Scott Kilgat, Gas Kill. In a KTM 300, can you run a portion of race gas in it to stop detonation? Okay, detonation? sound it out. What do we got? It's close. Detonation. Nation. De- Detonation. Uh, have you ever heard that word used before? No. I don't think so. You have a diesel truck, Jimmy? Mm-hmm. How do you think that thing runs? You know how a diesel truck runs? Diesel? By, by detonation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So on your bike, that's, is your, I want to know if his bike's detonating. <laughs> when are you gonna, you've, heard, you've heard us say this word before, haven't you? I don't think so. Pinging? You heard the word pinging? Like your bike's pinging? That's different. It's, it's the same. No. It's kind of the same. It's pre-ignition. Yeah. So is detonation. Detonation is usually the uh, overpressure of the fuel. It's, yeah, and it's, it's, uh, flame, it's flame front. It's like, what's the difference? What, what is your bike? Re- okay, so that's a good question. What is your bike really doing? Right. Both of them are bad. Yeah, oh yeah. But one is really bad. The pre-ignition of fuel. Yeah. Because where you can hear it rattling. Yeah. Because it... There's it, pinging and rattling. Yeah. There's pinging. And so... So... Uh, it... it uh, yes, you can run rate, a portion of race gas to stop detonation. Um, you can also jet it properly. Um, uh, I think he's talking about our KTM 300 video. And it, it's funny because those bikes do sound like they detonate a little bit. They're... If you're used to, if you're used to, like normal two-stroke, it, you hear them going this little, little bit of kind of rattle. Pre, it's pre-ignition detonation. Yeah. And uh, and 
um, uh, if if on that bike you start running race gas in it, I think you would have to, and I never tried it. I think you would have to, you know, adjust the jetting via some sort of a fuel tuner. Uh, I don't think just putting different fuel in there would. It, it's gonna maybe it could accomplish uh, the the stopping detonation or pinging, but it might not be running right. It might not be jetted right. So I don't know if that's on the, on the fuel injector bikes. I don't know if that's the difference because anytime we ran race gas in a carbureted bike, we had to change the jetting to get the the jetting right or the jetting was off and we added race gas to compensate for something. Typically the, the, the jetting was uh, a little bit rich. And if you put some race gas in it, it would lean it out just a little bit. Am I, t- am I saying that right? Or is it the opposite? Yeah, no, you want to lean it out if you have race gas. Yeah. You lean it out when you add race gas. So when the bikes, yeah. So when the bikes were running rich, you actually, it richened them up. So they, they were lean a little bit. Yeah, that's right. So I do remember that because a lot of times I would take my race bike and throw pump gas in it, and I go, "Oh, what well, can't run this?" <laughs> they weren't; they would not run properly. So gas kill. It looks like you're going to have to gas kill it somehow. I would just leave it, leave it stock. Get a fuel tuner. Uh, that'll fix. What's uh, what's the next? <laughs> um, I'm guessing SYX Moat O. Mm-hmm. Dirt bike, my throttle keeps coming off. What do I do? Sixth moto dirt bike, my throttle keeps coming off. What do I do? That's funny because when when I get to something like that, I go what? So I click on their I click on their their YouTube channel. This guy's a gamer, you know. So he's like he's like Fortnite and gaming and stuff. You know what that stuff is, Logan? Uh I know what it is, but don't play it. Don't play it. Do, do you know Sticks Moto dirt bike? Not one of your bros on the gaming scene. No. Excite bike. You don't play Excite bike with this guy. I've played it, but no. no. He's, okay. So, uh, his throttle keeps coming off. What do I do? I don't. I don't know. Uh, your throttle shouldn't come off. You tighten it back down. And this brings me to point. Like, like, where do these questions come from? <laughs> like, what are you? What are you? What are you watching our video? We we're not even giving away free dirt bikes. I mean, you watch this, and we don't even have to auction off free dirt bikes or do a contest for free dirt bikes. And and you don't even have to make a stupid comment to get entered into the not the contest that we don't even have for free dirt bikes. So, uh, you, you know what? You know what happens here is I get thirsty and I need a beer. What do I do? Um, I don't know before, but whenever you start drinking it, you start making me talk. Right. Yeah. I I don't have any long questions. There's not a, there's not a question in our thing tonight that's long enough where I can set this the headset down and run into the the fridge and take care of my problem. I got you. Oh. Uh, oh, I got it. Got, hey. Yeah. I wish my bartender was here, but you, you you'll do okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll take a I'll take there. You know, there's a there's a Modelo Tallboy in there that's not mine. Yeah, I'll have the I'll have the the whatever the regular is. What does a crazy cluckers gaming want? Um, on KTM Dual Sport bike, dude, my you don't have to shave down the rear fender just by a fender eliminator. 
Right. Is that a hacksaw or is it? Well, I told him uh, it was on my KTM 350 video, which, by the way, that's one with really bad audio. I'm sure someone's going to complain about that next because I remember the question. The fender extension there, it hangs down really far to put like a like a, I, I think it's for splash or mud flap or something or to put a reflector down a certain distance. It's all these DOT and regulations, EC regulations. Thank you, sir. Um, and uh, they uh, well, the funny thing is, is I can take a hacksaw and for exactly free, I don't need to go get another um, another fender and. And then if it does go away, I can I can get one. So it was just the the free easy way to stop my uh, fender my license plate from going. Oh, I know why we do it because actually on the stock bikes on I think it was a 2019 or 2018, the license plate is actually mounted down low, and so we actually cut the 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 lower part of the license plate off and mount it the, the license plate so that the the lower part of the license plate is now mounted on the top part of the license plate, and it pretty much eliminated that problem. I I was expecting to have to replace those. Which Takamoto just did to one of my bikes, uh, even though I didn't didn't need it. He just replaced because he had a kit, and uh, but I've been riding them for two years now, and they haven't come off. And I was pretty sure they were, but I wasn't putting anything on the back fender or anything heavy or something. So uh, crazy cluckers gaming, yeah, um, yeah. Have haft. It's a new word. Have to shave down the rear fender. Just buy a fender eliminator. I'll take that under consideration. Um, Bike Ninja, sick bike, nice review. Definitely eyeing this out for my next toy. Side note, the volume on your narrate, narration could be a squeak higher. Just saying, cheers. Cheers, Bike Ninja. That's, uh, yeah. Uh, so what did, did our... Did did our video get put on a gaming site or something? I mean, how did how did it's like all of a sudden we got three gamers that are <laughs> commenting? I, it's amazing how the internet spreads uh, information. Yeah, so um, yeah, it's it's a better that should be your next toy. Get out from behind that screen. Quit commenting on my videos. <laughs> no, I, hey, I appreciate all the comments. Share it with a friend. I'm stoked that this stuff's getting out there because one day, one day, Logan. This could be you. Yeah, just just remember everything I say and just repeat it. And it's 90, 100, like 100% hundred like of the time we're at least 75% right. That's 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 the truth. Um, Carlos Anglo. Is Dirt Bike Test planning on doing a long-haul update on the YZ250FX? Love the show. Keep it going. Yes, we are actually planning on doing that. Trevor told me today that we are doing a, what are we doing? Oh, yeah, we're going to do the Glen Hill in 24. No, he's going to do the Glen Hill in 24 hour on that bike. So so um, I think that means, yes, we're doing a long, long-term test on it. And if you want to know how they work, we did a long-term test on one about three or four years ago where we did the full teardown. We tore that thing down to every piece so search uh search the website and you can check that story out so gerard wines i have a beta 300 on order and now i'm more excited thank you for the video brother cha-ching yeah that's uh, another one i sold <laughs> i should get in the bike sales business i need a commission um 
Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks, Jared. Thanks for not complaining about my audio or where I mount my cameras or anything else. Because I would, if you had, I would have gone to your YouTube channel to see how you did it. Which, um, go ahead next. <laughs> um, Ty Anderson, is it possible to have this KTM three hundred on adventure? Do do the engine hold holds up or is KTM? 500 exc a must so kai wants to know if he can adventure out on his ktm 300 um you can i think for the most part that those bikes are plenty durable to to do stuff they're just not as comfortable going down the road at 60 and 70 miles an hour as a four stroke they just don't like like to hold that rpm um, I mean, not to say that they can't do it, and I, I don't even know what it is. I, that's a good question. Like, what, what, what causes a two-stroke to not be as pleasant as a four-stroke when it's going down the road? Torque curve isn't flat. Torque curve isn't flat right. on the two-stroke. Two yeah, it, it goes, but they, they flatten off. They they all they all flatten off. It's just the four stroke is easier to ride because it has a longer, longer yeah longer the, it has it has longer power, um, you know the power is is delivered over a longer RPM range, right. and I think I I think like you're right I think there's some rotational mass to it, and I think the two stroke is so so instantaneous in responding to the 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 changes in throttle and stuff you know since every rotation as opposed to every other. That just little bit of even at you know higher RPMs, that little bit of change it makes it so they're they're not as as smooth you know just when they when they, when they go, um, you know it doesn't have a big heavy motor that's kind of anchoring it to the ground, anchoring it to you know pushing it in the direction it wants to go. It seems like they tend to move around. There's you know the vibration on those new KTM 300s is minimal. It's it's crazy how good how good they are, but. Um, from they they weren't really designed to do that, um, so I think just in I I mean you could do it. Uh, there's there's guys that do long distance rides on on two strokes and KTM three hundreds, but uh, yeah they they make a five hundred for that. But you can do it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain. I'm not gonna yell at you argue. They're pushing buttons inside the, the chat room, Logan. They're trying to get at me. You know, you see what they're doing, right? I see it too. <laughs> you see what they're doing? They want to hear the bell. Oh. Yeah, they want to hear the bell. <laughs> well, I'm just going to go for it, you know, because, like, I, I, so I, a, a guy that I, that I know, I mean, I don't know him that well, but a guy that I know um, back east bought a, um, a Hoosberg 390. Yeah, just the 390. It was the small one, and and he 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 wrote a story about his 390 and what he did to it and everything. And I and I came across it on the feed, so I put it up on dirt bike test. I had to, and because uh, I used to kind of jab him. I'm like, oh yeah, you only got a 390. You don't have a 570. You have no idea how much power <laughs> one of those things has. <laughs> but uh, it's true. They're they're really good. And, and so if you want a little history, just go to the Facebook page on Dirt Bike Test and uh, check out Jared's uh, uh, a story on um, 
on the Hooser. He had, he kind of goes into Hoosberg history and why he got the bike and how he got the bike and um, pretty cool. But uh, Jeffrey uh, Wagenthal says, Jimmy, what is your opinion of the Hoosberg 570? <laughs> Asking for a friend. Well, what your friend needs to know is those things make a lot of power. Hey, I haven't ridden one for a couple weeks. I almost forgot. Um, they're they're good. It's it's getting. You know what? I'm going to ride this weekend at the school, right, Logan? Hoosberg 57. That's right. Yep, because I want to have the most powerful bike in the class. Um, so, uh, yeah. Next question on the list. Enduro school bend. I race in off-road pro class, double A in Pacific Northwest, and I'm looking for these new Japanese cross-country bikes. Hard to decide on 250 or 450, and what brand? Jimmy making these Hondas sound good. Enduro School Bend. That's who's asking this? Um... He's a pro, double A. He's looking at these new Japanese cross-country bikes. Um, it, it kind of depends on what you're doing. I mean, if you're like, if you're the pro and the double A guy, and you want to be going for overalls, even at racing up in the Pacific Northwest, I think you need to be on a 450. Like the 250s just give away a little bit too much. I mean, if Honda made a 350 or Yamaha made a 350. I would say go with that all day long um, up up in that type of in that type of racing. And then it depends on, you know, what size you are. Are you a big boy? You know, then it's 450. If you're like a light, small guy, if you're Logan size, not 450. So there's a lot more to that uh, question that I can't answer because I don't I don't know. And I'm making the Hondas sound good because I talk about them a lot. He's probably talking about the the Honda 450 we just rode, right? I think so. The one that the, what Logan and I just rode. Logan's been riding. No, nobody likes that bike. That thing. That thing just went like like it. It caught some disease after the intro and just went and just. I haven't really read them, but I've been told that that the bike is tanking at some intros, which really really surprises me. But then again, it doesn't. I can and I can tell you uh, why, kind of, because what I think. Uh, if it's tanking, <laughs> the suspension on that bike is softer. Um, it, they made it more soft and, and plusher. And I think it's, I thought it was really good. And I didn't, like I said, the bumps weren't that big that day, but it didn't really strike me as being so soft that it wouldn't work at a lot of places. And when you get all these quote test riders and magazine guys doing reviews, they are all pros and faster. And so softer means slower for the vet rider for the not the real race guy it's not pro level and the direction has just been getting more and more and more aggressive and i've seen it for the past couple of years everybody's kind of winding back because they realize they were for for their real customer not the 10 or 15 percent of people that make their decision based on a magazine shootout but for the real customer like that bike is way way better i i think that the stuff that people complained about with the old, the older Honda and some of the other bikes, the stiffer, more aggressive suspension, and they they rolled it back, and I think they did a pretty good job. They they screwed the pooch with the with the uh, with the jetting 
or the, the not the jetting, but the ECU mapping little glitch at the bottom, which some people don't notice, but it's it's like to me it's like delivering the bike with a flat tire. It's like everything on this bike's good, and you go, but it has a flat tire that you could have fixed very easily. And it's like, yeah, but it's all good. It would just put air in it, you know. And that's kind of the fix that'll come. I'm sure that in some way, shape, or form, they will either reflash ECUs. The bikes are out to customers, and I don't really hear customers complaining about it too much, or I haven't heard it yet. But uh, there'll probably be some sort of a fix for it. And but yeah, it's a. Uh, I, I made the bike sound good, but everybody else made it sound bad now. So I got a question here. It says Tony Rays. He says, "Have you ridden all three generations of the Honda 450X?" Uh, yes. The answer is yes. So he's asking about the 2005 to 2008, the 2009 to 2018, and then the 2019 on. Yeah, I've spent a significant amount of time on all of those. Is the new one truly better in every way? For me, absolutely, 100%, yes. Every, every single way. And that's, that's, that's in stock and modified forms. But I will tell you, I know a lot of guys that, that really, really like the older ones, the 2009 to 2018. Um, most of them had the opportunity to ride and race Johnny Campbell race bikes, so they know what those things are capable of. But they, they, and they got used to that. And for the speed they're going and the way they're hitting things, I can see where the new bike may not be as good as, you know, like if you were going to go down and race Baja, I can honestly see where for, for that racing application, the, the older bike, the older chassis specifically, um, the older motor, they knew how to get a certain amount of power out of the older motor that worked really good at that kind of stuff. Um, I think it was fine, but I think for regular, regular riders, the new bike is, uh, is better. Am I right, Logan? Uh, I've only ridden the 09. Yeah. Were you falling asleep? No. The, you've only ridden the 09? Yeah. Oh, the old ones? Yeah. You never rode the new one? No. When it was here? Oh. So, you think the old one's better? I've <laughs> not answered. <laughs> well, I mean, you have as much experience as most of the people that comment on her her posts so you might as well form an opinion and tell me i'm full of it it'd be better for the show if you did that maybe maybe <laughs> um okay next next one next question um mr daz 64 superb review i've been writing for many years but i've only really started going properly off heist in peace peace I mean, it's off-road. In my 50s. And I'm finding the Tenere XT660Z a bit of a handful for me. On the trickier stuff, this bike has hit my radar quite recently, and it seems to be tricky. Been ticking a lot of boxes for me for the price. So much so that I'm taking a demo bike out for a ride from my local dealership tomorrow. Everyone knows there's no such thing as a perfect bike, but I'm but I'm thinking, thinking on paper this bike comes pretty damn close for what I'm looking for. 
what I'm looking for as an alternative playmate to sit beside me, beloved Tenere, in the garage. Thanks for the inspiration and thoughtful review. Regards, Daz. So Daz, he has XT660. Um, I don't think that the, the new Tenere would be that much lighter than that bike. I actually got a chance to ride one of those. Those are not available in the United States. So I, I, I've ridden one of those over in Europe. And uh, they're, so I think the Tenere, it'd be interesting to see what he comes up with because he, he, did, he did get to ride it yesterday and this thing was written six days ago. So, but for, a, for like we say, it's kind of like a, a modern day um, KLR 650 that the, the, even though the Yamaha is a twin, it's just, it's just that, it's kind of like that size of a bike, although it's way better than a KLR 650. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I don't know that um, that bike's been on his radar. He's a Yamaha guy. No reason not to keep going down that path, right, Jimmy? I'm sorry. It, uh, when when do you break the Yamaha chain? When did you, what 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 does it take you to go to KTM? Uh, Logan reading commercials all the time uh, in your truck. Well, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what does D- Dharma nine ninety Alchemy want? Ordered an 2021 300 TPI. First two stroke in a long time. I've had a 2019 KTM 450 XD. Six, six days is what he's oh, saying. Six day. So uh, he just dropped that bit of information on our video. Um, I haven't ridden the 2021, but I don't think they changed uh, too much. For his first two stroke in a long time, he's probably going to love it. Sounds kind of like you. I love it. Same. Did you ride it yet? Oh yeah. You put it around? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not that, yeah. Put an hour, couple hours on it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So that's I I I had to go see what what his videos. What he he didn't have any videos either. He didn't make any videos. <laughs> Floor me. Uh, just added this KTM three ninety to my collection in parts. Thanks for your input. The hardest decision. No, no, that was in parts. Thanks to your input. So that's another one. Ching. This is like we're selling bikes here today. Bring them up. Yep. Two weeks. Just take a week off, and everybody goes out and buys a new bike and tells me about it. The hardest decision, though, wasn't if I should get one, but what color to get. Seriously, it looks great in both colorways. No kidding. Yeah, what a good look. That KTM three ninety is a good looking bike. I wish we would have got the orange one. I like the orange one better than our than our white one. I've actually been trying to find somebody that makes graphics. So I can't working on the project bike for that thing. I need to get it done. I need some graphics. I don't. I haven't. I I found some companies in Europe that make them. Uh, and then. I need to get some foot pegs. I still haven't found the foot pegs. I have my big box of foot pegs, all these foot pegs off different motorcycles in the garage. And I'm going to, I'm when I get time, I'm going to go maybe hacksaw one and weld something together, you know, but I want one with a, it's a level foot peg with a little bigger of a pad. Somebody make that. You'll sell a bunch of them. I know it. Yeah. Um, okay. Not going to train me in on the name this time. <laughs> uh, no, you go. You take a shot at that one. Yoke Hatga. Yoke Hatga. Yoke Hatga. 
Huh. Yeah, that's what it is. Man, you guys should be R&D test writers for KTM. They ought to hire you guys. Right. Yeah, salesmen, test guys, all that stuff, right? Yeah. I sent that to KTM R&D. I sent it over there. I just attached it to my resume and sent it over. I said, yo, Hataga says. <laughs> uh, um, next one. To Ari, this was a really good in-depth review that took a more practical writing approach than any of the other ones. Of course. You know, somebody should start a show where they they bag on people that mess up names. Like try, 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 R, and then two I's. Try, R, E, right? I, try, R, I, I. Try, R, Try, R. Yeah, thanks, Try, R. Appreciate the, appreciate the uh, thing. Um, Victor wants to know when we are going to test the Harley Panmerica. <laughs> I'm saying it like he, uh, like he wrote it, Panmerica. I, I don't know. They, they don't. They don't make extension cords long enough yet. Um, that's the that's the electric Harley um, bike that's part of that TV show that the that those two guys are riding on. Yes, Bob. Tell Victor you'll do a test on it when he starts making a strawberries and cream ice cream. Oh, he oh so so we picked up a, a piece of furniture from Victor a couple days ago when I was back in California. Victor pulled up in his van with m- most of. Well, it's it's like it depends on what you consider most of an XR four hundred, because there was the frame and there was the bottom end, but no top end, and it had like a a a, a street tire on the back of it and some 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 stuff, and uh, I'm like ready to race. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, we had we had we were talking about uh, talking about bikes and stuff like that. Uh, so you know, I I got to see that um, I got to ride in that Rivian truck. It's that all electric. Um, it's pretty neat truck. Uh, it's a all electric, all wheel drive. Um, it's kind of built on the sort of this like skateboard platform. It's pretty. It's Is it a motor and wheel. Motor and wheels. Oh. Well, no, motor and center oh, uh, with drive shafts. So, so two motors um, that, that that operate independently. So they're actually just four motors, but they're they're kind of two two motor module things. Um, uh, but and I, you know, I kind of just dismissed it because the bed was kind of short, kind of like a Honda Trar, I like to call them, like the uh, the Ridgeline. Yeah. But this thing, uh, when I, I, you know, they they competed on it in the Rebel Rally. Two gals, um, yeah, Emmy Hall and Rebecca Donahue uh, drove it. They did well. They finished sixth, sixth place in it. Uh, and the uh, so I was kind of like the bed's too short. But then I said I just went over and kind of like checked it out. That they had some engineers there that were that were there. And when they open the bed up, it doesn't just go down. It goes and it cams out, and it get it gets longer, and then it, and then it and then it pulls a piece out. So you, wow. so it's a shorter bed, but it, it goes to like at least seven feet long. You could easily put a bed extender on it and and have a bike completely in the back, or two bikes, or three bikes, and uh, that's kind of cool. But like in the area, kind of behind the the back seat of the second row of seats, there's a tube that goes all the way through the, the trunk that's almost big enough to put a gear bag in. You know, so you could throw your loading ramp inside of there, no problem. Um, uh, they, they, and then, and then I didn't even think about this, but the whole hood where the 
engine would be is a trunk. trunk. It's a giant <laughs> trunk. Your gear bag and stuff could go in there. I, and I was like, and, and talking to the engineers, they had some motorcycle people involved in this design process because they know that people put motorcycles, dirt bikes in the back of the truck. They can. And they, you know, the, the tie-down hooks were in logical locations. It's just, it was like, this thing was pretty cool. I was, I, I, I was kind of, you know, I'm kind of like a, yeah, not really electric vehicle guy. I mean, I'd like to do it. I'd like to be able to charge my truck for yeah. 17 cents, you know, that'd be nice. Uh, and, but they're, and they're, they're, their their goal is to be able to push it 300 miles, you know, with normal normal active driving. So it'll be interesting to see what that uh, what that does. Kind of thinking of the, uh, it'd be interesting to ride the Harley Pan Panmerica <laughs> because uh, the 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 biggest problem I've had with most electric bikes, the Alta being the exception, was throttle to rear wheel connectivity. Nobody had figured out the way to distribute the. The power properly you know like a like a like what we're used to whether it's proper or not i don't know but that's what was amazing about this truck is when we were driving in the sand dunes and on some off-road stuff and we were doing like kind of there was no rocks to crawl on but we were going up and down these little ravines and things and the wheel control that they had in that thing was pretty spectacular because that's very hard to do but i think the computer processing power is as uh keeping keeping up with it so do we have another What's our next question, Logan? Uh, Saron Ush. Power. Thanks for a great review. If you're wondering where all these people find these great reviews, by the way, <laughs> it's not on this show. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's our YouTube channel or on dirtbiketest.com or on the soon-to-be-released. We think we're going to release, you know, we are so successful going up with the pres against the presidential debates the other nights whenever those were two shows three shows ago that we're going to release our digital magazine on election day because everybody's going to want to have something else to look at on that day no matter at least 50 percent of the population and then and then when you don't want to watch everybody that's going to do whatever they're going to do you can just read about dirt bikes so uh you know plan a little extra time in your uh, your evening on uh, november 3rd and hopefully if everything goes according to plan Trevor really busts his ass. Um, we will have a digital digital magazine. Keep going. Sorry to interrupt. Um, what if this bike was offered without the adjustable suspension? How big a comparison that is as far as the off-road compatibility are concerned? Asking because adjustable suspension isn't offered in India. So he's talking about the KTM 390 where uh, that bike is made. And they have a different bike. I think in Europe they even have a different. They have a different bike than the one we get here. We get a little bit better suspension, and that's because uh, we're better over here. Yeah, they they have to take care of us, and and uh, the rest of the world gets junk, and America gets the best stuff. Uh, America. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, I bet you that in in, in reality. 90% of Americans don't need adjustable suspension because they don't even know what to do with it. Uh, half the people will, I mean, like out of, and out of the 10% that's left, and this isn't just, this isn't just adventure bikes. This is all bikes. So out of the 90% of the people that don't ever touch their suspension, um, the 10% that do, 5% of those people look to some sort of editorial source or, or 
somebody else to tell them how to do it. They don't even go and like experiment with it. And the reason for those clickers and those adjusters is so you can customize it for yourself. You can say, I want my bike to do this. So if I do that, I can adjust it back. So it depends on you as a person. I mean, if you're, if you're that level where you really want to adjust it, I, I suspect you could go to the aftermarket or you could, you could hide in someone's luggage and come over here with your suspension and then like swap it out with some dude over here and then hide in the luggage and go back with all the money you saved by buying the, the cheaper bike in India. I think that's what you could do. <laughs> uh, am I right, Logan? Um, Say no. <laughs> <laughs> Craig Albert wants to know, is the baby powder for monkey butt? What was the, okay, I talked about baby it's powder. Tubes. Tubes, right. And monkey butt. It works, I heard. I never had to use it. I don't sit down enough. Uh, Chris Smith, funny story. Bought a used TTR50 and the tire went flat. Ended up having a 19-inch tube in it. It lasted just long enough to sell the bike. <laughs> yep. <laughs> how do you, how do you, a TTR50, how many times do you have to fold up a 19-inch tube? You might as well. <laughs> yeah, it's like a moose at that point. Yeah, good job, Craig. Uh Craig Alberts, it's not the size of your tube, it's what you stuff in it. I don't know where we're going with this. Uh, Tony Ray says, pre-detonation and pinging are the same thing. We're getting back to where we were at before. But what is, what is, um, what is detone, how do you, how do you pronounce it, Logan? Uh, detonation. Detonation. He's from South Africa, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, got it. Um, uh, so whatever we're talking about, the, the, their part YZ 490, if anybody remembers that those were, those bikes were affectionately referred to as the air hammer. <laughs> and there was, there was a lot of people that knew how to spin those heads on lathes to make them do less of what they did, which was detonate, detonate. <laughs> <laughs> ping. Um, okay. Next one. DZ in an F7. The bald guy weighed the 2020 KTM as at 239.5 pounds and the Beta 300 RR at 244. For these. Those that are curious. curious. Both with full tanks, Beta holds about. Three tenths of a gallon more, about two pounds, and has a headlight. Um. So if he's saying that the Beta has a headlight and the KTM didn't, the bald guy uh, weighed two different kinds of bikes. I think um, he weighed a KTM XC against a Beta 300RR, but in reality, the Beta 300RR is sort of tasked with doing more because they don't have sort of an XC bike, although they are making a motocross bike now. I don't know if you're yeah. familiar with that. Yeah, Beta is making motocross bikes, which I think they're making those to sell as sort of more XC bikes, you know. Um, I don't think you're going to see Betas lining up at the National Motocross anytime soon. 
Not with a 300cc motor. Yeah, yeah, not with a three. But you know, vet riders like those, and 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 a lot of cross country guys buy motocross bikes. They just like them, and I I get it. I mean, I argue with them all the time. I because I would prefer the wider transmission if you had the option. Um, I like the the more. I would rather go into it with the more off road suspension. I feel like I can make up time. For me, I can make up time with the off-road suspension where it works good and go f- plenty fast on the open, you know, uh, motocross stuff with the softer suspension as opposed to vice versa. I can't suffer with the the, the, the suffering with the, the stiffer suspension in the woods mm-hmm. uh, tends to tends to bug me. And then and then on the motocross tracks, which are really not as motocross as what you need. Um, so. Uh, the bald guy. Does the bald guy give away bikes? Sell bikes? Contests? We should enter his contest, Logan. We need to win a bike. I, I bet you it's rigged, though. I, ne- I can never win. Somehow I wouldn't win. <laughs> we don't sell. We don't do any. We haven't done any bikes. If they give us a bike, I'll give it away. I don't have a problem doing that. But I'm not going to use that to lure you in here. <laughs> Next. Um, S. McInney. Um With... I'm with you with people asking, where is that? Figure it out. Social media is ruining ruining some rides. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Social media, GPS, all kinds of stuff like that. It's up to the people that know where the good riding is to keep the good riding under wraps. And you know how, I'll tell you right now, you know how you can find somebody that you should show your trails? It's somebody that will come and work on your trails with you and goes to meetings to keep your trails open. Those are the kind of guys that you can trust um, riding your trails. And I guarantee you they're the same guys that will not uh, share it on social media. So just so you know, anytime you see us riding in a really awesome place, if you ask me where it is, you know what kind of answer you're going to (laughs) get. It's like ain't telling um george says logan that ktm 300 that your dad buy is he gonna let jimmy lewis test it in king of the motos that was a question for you i don't know you don't know look at my response it's right there (laughs) oh he responded and then mitch is wondering why there's a beer sitting on the table I no, I, I I did I did my three week detox. I I got I actually did three weeks plus a few days. I went over the top. <laughs> then it was overwhelming. <laughs> um, Troy Hicks, any thoughts on the big bore kits for KTM three fifties? My top end went away Saturday night. Um, Saturday night. <laughs> what was happening on Saturday night that caused your top end to go away? Um. Uh, I don't know. Uh, so what is it? They're like 380 kits and stuff. I haven't tested any of them. Um, if it gave a 350 a little bit more torque, I wouldn't see that being a bad thing. Because uh, I think if your top end went away, now I'm worried about what's going to happen to your bottom end when you put a little more power on top of it. <laughs> so why did that top end go away, Troy? I, I'm curious. I want to know. Um if you have a picture of the rod sticking out the side or something like that, or you know, let us know. The 24-hour Glen Helen will be a great test. Yes, it is. Um, and Craig Albert says two strokes are fun. 
Roads, oh, two strokes are for fun, and roads are not. Uh, yeah, I don't don't get that one. Roads are to get you to the place, not where you ride. Perfect. You see, we need smart people on this show, Logan. <laughs> Otherwise, I just get confused here. <laughs> Bailed me out. Uh, uh, next. Um, Adam, that meant Jimmy. How can I help my five-year-old? progress in enduro he's pretty skilled for his age but we've hit the point where the bike is his limiting factor mainly in suspension to ground clearance a ktm 50 has the suspension and chassis but the on and off motor single speed transmission and auto clutch uh, negates that benefit I want him to con- continue selecting gears for the trail trails we ride. He's probably three years away from S65 height-wise. I wish KTM made a Wee Enduro, an SX50 chassis, three-speed configural clutch. Centrifugal. Oh. Centrifugal clutch. Like a Honda 50. Transmission and Melamoto motor would be amazing he's on a sierra 450 now i'm ashamed to say i'm considering upgrading to a chinese bike (laughs) any advice hey i i actually don't think okay so i i i kind of get where you're at with um with where he's at 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 five years old and 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 stuff because the ktm 50s the little race ones are gnarly Mm -hmm. like they're gnarly and watch the kids at you know four to seven that are racing them. They're gnarly too. They don't really work any other way. Yeah, they, they just they, they're they on off. Yeah, on off crazy. Um, so I kind of kind of get uh, what what is what is he? Zero off one ten would be my best. Yeah, like a like a one ten um, would. But I it actually don't see big, a, I don't see a problem going to the Chinese bike either. You know, like here's the good thing about that is well a lot of them are kind of junky, but you get to. Work on them because <laughs> they break, and and you can get cl- you can get ones with clutches, you can get ones with auto clutches, um, but you know the sixty five and the CRF one ten are kind of the same size also, mm-hmm. and then and then you're dealing with the weight, and I think that's that could be that could be some of the issue. Although the CRF fifty isn't light either, mm-hmm. so um, fuel injection so cool <laughs> Yeah, yeah, fuel injection is good. Um. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I've it seems it but it seems like most kids are able to move like from PW50 or Sierra 50 or something like that to you know they can they can ride the 50. There's there's mods you can do those Sierra 50s to get the ground clearance up too. Mm-hmm. Um if that's the issue. Uh I would think that I would you know check out BBR, BBR Motorsports. Because they make they make a couple they make like shocks and like forks they're mostly for big adults but they make some parts that might get that thing up and get your ground clearance up, um, and then you can still continue to you know select the gears which I understand is is kind of important, uh, and I'm trying to think if uh, yeah the it, he must be a small small dude. Like let's see, five, he's five year old and he's three years away from a sixty five because they when did six to what was the sixty five class six to eight yeah, yeah, yeah six to nine or something like that six. yeah so what do you think you should do Logan 
um, Honda, I don't think it's fuel injected, but they also make like a CRF 70 that's not as yeah. big as a 125. Oh, there you go. Not a 110, but yeah. Yeah. CRF 70. I, yeah. Did they even make, because I thought they, I thought they replaced it with the 110. There's, I just saw one yeah, it's brand new, but I don't know. Yeah, it looks like a 13 ish. Okay, yeah, so so maybe maybe poke around for a used one of those. CRF 70 would be a good bike. Um, they're you know, they're that that would be that would be the perfect the perfect next thing, I think. Good job. Um, make sure the kid wants to ride it though. <laughs> make sure, make sure he wants to he wants to ride, uh, but. Uh, maybe the next thing would get a Chinese bike. Get get a Chinese bike with a clutch that's almost impossible to pull in, and then you can then you can learn how to like lube the cable that came completely dry, and and then when the yeah the bolts fall off, and you learn how to fix that stuff. Uh, that is the good side of some of those uh, Chinese bikes is they're they're so they're such junk. You get to work on them, and you learn to work on that kind of stuff. <laughs> Next. Um, MP, question for Jimmy. On your 500 EXC, which exhaust setup do you run? Also, on your 300 XCW, which exhaust pipe do you like or run? You change the ECM and use a Git or other unit for adjusting the fuel mapping options. DB, DBL tr- Double trouble. Double trouble with some thumbs ups. Yeah. Uh, MP. So on my 500 EXC, is that someone driving down the road without tires on their truck? I think, uh, yeah, maybe Harley. <laughs> <laughs> a Harley going backwards? Yeah, I don't know. That just didn't sound right. Uh, it didn't sound right for that, but that was my best guess. So on my 500 EXC, um, the exhaust setup I run, it's a couple different exhaust setups, is Almost all the time I run an FMF Mega Bomb header, and then I switch between the stock muffler and the FMF Q. And stock muffler is stock with everything but the little perf thing on the end. It's not, I don't modify the end cap. I haven't uh, done that on any of them yet. So that's the uh, exhaust setup I run. Also on your 300 XCW, which exhaust you run. I don't have a 300 XCW because my sponsor took it away from me. And that's why I'm uh, so stoked that Jimmy over here just bought one because I'm thinking that King of the Motos next year would be nice on a 20 as opposed to like that ratted out 19 that that I that I roached in, in that event. It only got a couple dents in it. But I was running... I actually... <laughs> I was actually running a... a, a a prototype pipe from some company that I can't remember their name because they don't want to advertise with us. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to say. So I was running theirs, one of theirs, but they don't make the one that I like. And um, so I like the stock ones. And in fact, I really, really do like the stock ones. And that company also makes a certain muffler. I can't remember which one it is. And I can't even remember their name right now. It's so hard. But... Um, that works really good, but um, so yeah, you should you should call them up and say, hey, I think that somebody was trying to talk about you, but they wouldn't tell me. <laughs> and uh, do you change the ECM and use a get? Um, so you're talking. I suspect you're talking about the KTM 500 again. Um, I I have 
every single one of those <laughs> different things. And most of the time I'm running the stock ECU with the stock map in it with a JD jetting tuner sitting on top of it. And I'm going to quit saying JD jetting tuner pretty soon too, because I got to reach out to them because they need to advertise in that digital magazine. Um, so, but I, I, I've tried the get and I have not ridden, I yet, I have not yet ridden a get ECU that I felt had the rideability on the bottom that I demand. Um, sure they made more power, but, uh, every bike that I rode that was super rideable on the bottom, it also made plenty of power and I just turned the throttle farther and got it. So the, um, I've ridden some Vortex ignitions also. So that's another uh, ECU swap. And they're better than the get on the bottom, but still not perfect. I want to, you know, it's, it's the problem is, is they come tuned and it says like race muffler, like which race muffler is, is on it. And generally I'm not running a race muffler. I'm running a quiet muffler, you know, not a race muffler. So their mapping isn't set up for my setup. And so you can't just plug an ECU in there and expect it to be better. And everybody that spends six hundred, nine hundred, thousand dollars on a, a ECU and an exhaust and goes, yeah, this thing's awesome. Um, let's go ride up some something, some really traction compromised area where you actually need rideability, and I could probably put you back on a stock bike and you would do much better. Uh, and everybody gets pissed because I say that, but um. It's just that's the way it is. <laughs> so because the, the but the thing about all those tuners is they're programmable, uh, especially the get where you can go in and, and remap and retune with the, some of their software. It's a very similar software to what the Yamaha uses that comes stock with the Yamaha race bikes and the get tuning. Uh, you're able to do that, although I have not had the opportunity to put that tuner on a new bike with that capabilities. The bikes that I have they can't be upgraded to that Wi-Fi system and or when they were able to do that, they the base maps that, that the company gave us to test with were so far off that it couldn't be corrected with the tuner. Make sense? And that since they're old, they're not working on them. They're working on the 21 stuff. They're not working on the old stuff. So I'd like to try. I'd like to try that stuff. I Hell, I'd fix. I'd give them a good base map <laughs> to fix it. So, um, next. Um, Warren Haggy, information review, especially the contrast with the 300RR you test rode. However, I didn't ride with my helmet one foot above the seat or resetting on the left grip. Consecutively, I prefer a helmet cam I know all the cool kids are doing it, but I would be happy to see the chest cam and wrist cam go completely away. Dude, I fully invented the wrist cam. It was pu- it was purposely put on there, Warren, to make you seasick. <laughs> it it was horrifying. It was bad. Yeah, I was just something I tried. Actually, here, the reason I did that is because I had to run. Um. I didn't have my camera mount. I didn't have my right camera mount because I had a different helmet because we were doing photos. And I didn't have my the Sony camera mount to put it on my helmet, like where you want it. Um, 
if you were my producer, you would have been there and you would have had the camera mount and you would have hooked it up and had it all done. But since you weren't there and I went and looked at your page for your videos and you didn't have any video examples of how to do it. So I'm still at loss and I'm thinking about the crotch cam next time <laughs> because like who wouldn't want to be in my crotch while I'm riding is what I always think. So, um, yeah, it's uh, informative of you, especially with the contrast of the less, last 300 RR you rode. I thought, I thought they were kind of the same. I didn't think they were that. But they, it's depth. Bike, two bikes definitely better, especially the suspension. So, uh, no, you're going to get more wrist cam. I can feel it. <laughs> Maybe right wrist not instead of left, left wrist. That way you can really – that way you can see how much I twist the damn throttle, right, yeah. Logan? Yeah. Holding it wide. Yeah, you're going to just be looking at – you're going to be watching birds get blown out of the sky. And deer jumping over the top of me, all that kind of stuff. What does TK Moto want to know? Um, Jimmy, you looked a little out of balance on that ride. Maybe you need to start on the booze again to bring you back to equilibrium. On a real note, that wrist camera angle is giving me seasick. <laughs> seasickness. Or motion sickness. Good info, as always. Just hoping the product quality catches up as soon as I'm sure it will with time. Well, if you just have a couple suds before you watch that video, either it's going to go really good or really bad. <laughs> so uh, that's all I can say. I think, I think isn't TK Moto, is that Taco Moto? Is that Mike? Taco Moto Mike? I haven't seen his wrist cam videos yet. So don't worry. All the cool kids will be copying me pretty soon. They'll all be trying to talk into the microphone while they're riding, and they're, they'll, they'll be running the crotch cam and the whole nine yards. WSL wants to know. Um, I was wondering about the spike. Thank you for the review. I'm an old guy who has lost that need for competition. I would go with the X trainer. It'll keep checking back to see if I'm get on a X trainer and sh share your thoughts. So we we actually I actually really wanted to get an X trainer, but those things are literally sold out, like gone, sold out, waiting list. And with as with a lot of bikes right now, and betas in particular, um, I'm actually trying to get a 200, same thing, gone, sold out, dealers are begging for them. No need to have some bald guy talk about it. Like, so that I, maybe I need to buy it and then I can raffle it off or something if I want to ride one, but I don't need to ride it. Um, the X Trainer is definitely a different bike. It's a smaller bike because it has a little bit smaller frame and all that stuff. I, I would like to get one because I that's that's a that's such a stepping stone market that's a that's a really good market that's a bike that a lot of people don't even know exists and i like to tell people about it and they're good they're great for they're they're the kind of bike that can take you to other places because they're so much lighter and they have plenty of power and they have good decent suspension compared to the play bikes in the market so um yeah um marcus Arwellis? Arwellius? Marcus Ariellis. Marcus Ariellis. Um, what is it? A better than the 2021 KTM 450 SXF? He's asking about the KX450. You know, there's been a lot of Kawasaki intros going on that we haven't been invited to for some reason. So I'm going to say 
on that note, uh, yes, the K21, 2021 KTM 450 SXF, even though I haven't ridden it, is a better bike. Because KTM is a sponsor of the show. Logan, you ready for your read? Um, your dad's going to probably buy a 2021 KTM. <laughs> now, uh, um, what about Recluse, Logan? What do you know about Recluse? They make fabulous auto clutches. And they're... Oh, how do I wear this? Um, they're very liked by the Star Yamaha 250 team. And the... Didn't they win a national championship here a little while ago? Yeah, they did. They're not running auto clutches, though, as far as you know. No. You wouldn't think pro riders would run those things. I don't think so. You don't think so? I don't know what they run, because there's no way a top pro guy would ever say that he ran an auto clutch. (laughs) I always wonder how those bikes fall over and they don't stall. Do you ever ever wonder that, how they fall over and they don't stall? Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't be an auto clutch, would it? Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you just never know. Uh, but I'll tell you the one thing they do do is they disable the tip over sensor. That's one thing that they absolutely do do on the race bike. So they'll run upside down for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's why your bike shuts off when it lays over for a little while. Yeah. Oh, you never crashed like that before. Or usually you're knocked out and you don't know what's happening. Yeah. The oil pickup. Uh, Dal Steelbold asks, I'm looking at some questions here. With all these dry conditions, I'm encountering a lot of silt ruts on the trail and race course. I found I suck at riding them. The ruts under the same silt are super unpredictable, and I found myself on the ground more this season because of them. I try to avoid the main line and track as much as possible as I can, but it's not always possible. Any tips on ways to navigate these ruts more effectively? Yeah, go around them. That's <laughs> it's 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 like water crossings like muddy water crossings you're just risking it you you're just risking it so i found that you slow way way down and ride through using the braille method or you try to find or you try to slow down and stay up on the edge because just like you say you don't know where the ruts are going a lot of times there's stuff in there you don't want to hit um it sounds kind of counterintuitive but you think about it um if especially when your bike falls over in a rut, a silt rut, and it plugs the filter up, uh, then you're you're net net you're making time. So uh, Troy Hicks top end failure floated a valve and slightly bent it, and <laughs> no longer steals. Um, nothing exciting, not a catastrophic failure. Bottom end is still in spec. That was the KTM 350 we talked about earlier. How did you float the valve? Was it a downshift on a jump landing or? Or were you getting all the power out of it? <laughs> all the powers. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, great choice. Let's see if we got any other questions here. It's got a lot of 40 comments. I'm never going to get to the bottom of this. So what's the deal with the new magazine? When does it come out? Uh, November 3rd. What's the deal with it? Um, trying to provide a future for my young uh, editors that are uh, working on this. Also curious why you decided to go to the n- next magazine route um, sponsor request. Next magazine route. Um, it's basically we don't have any inventory and in anything else we're doing or not enough. And when I say, hey, you want to sponsor the podcast? They're all, well, if you have a digital magazine, we'd sponsor that. So now I'm given a d- digital magazine, and we're gonna, and now that now they have they have nothing to say that. So th- what they're gonna say is, well, if you printed it, we'll sponsor that. So I'm just just beating down the 
beating down the horses. Um, somebody says to check my email. You can't come over and hang out at the show. We stopped doing that because we have crazy people coming. <laughs> TK Moto is not Takamoto, says Todd Kelly. TK. <laughs> Got it. Um, we done? Are you done, Logan? Fine. You're done. Over here. Over there. We got some you got some stuff on the thing? On here? Yeah. No, in the on the uh, you got your KTM thing. Oh, uh Yeah, I'm done with these questions too. Um, KTM has a ready to race mentality with every product that develops. With North American headquarters in Murrieta, California. They are a fierce competitor on the racetracks around the world. And the brand's remarkable global success is reflected in every product it develops and every move it makes. And four out of four people in this room are now KTM riders. So that just yeah, that just goes a long ways to say that almost anybody can ride a KTM. Even me. <laughs> so on that note, uh, thanks everybody for joining in. Hey, if you want to uh, know... Uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast, it's a it's a live show every Tuesday night on uh, Facebook. It's uh, we if Logan gets over here on time, it goes up on YouTube almost the next day. The um, the website we talk about www.dirtbiketest.com has all kinds of information. Uh, generally, the questions we talk about in the show have been answered previously there, and there's even more interesting stuff where you don't have to sit through all the boring stuff to get to the answer, if you know what I mean. You know what I mean, Logan? Yeah. It's kind of like every time you come here and co-host, you just sit through all this boring stuff, and you're just waiting to read that KTM thing and hit the road. <laughs> but the good thing is, no, the bad thing, you got a little knee injury, yeah? Yeah. Yep. Dirt bike? Dirt bike. No, you're supposed to say gardening accident, didn't you? I was riding horses. Bizarre gardening accident, <laughs> right? <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> So Logan's, Logan's racing has been put on hold until he glues back together, but young kids generally do. Uh, and uh, for uh, Logan, for the Taco-asaurus that we don't have any tacos in tonight, and for Jimmy Lewis, we'll see you out in the trail. Cheers. So that exciting episode of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday was brought to you by Recluse. Recluse is a maker of incredible auto clutches and a whole lot more in the clutch department. They make street bike clutches. They make dirt bike clutches. They have clutches for your adventure bike. Some of them are auto clutches. They make a lot of replacement parts in the manual clutch, their torque drive system. There's little parts like slave units. There's protection parts. There's a left-hand rear brake, all kinds of stuff for your clutch and transmission, even oil. So if you need to know a little bit more about Recluse, you can always check them out at www.recluse.com. That's spelled R-E-K-L-U-S-E, proudly designed and manufactured in Idaho. Remember to support all of the sponsors that support this show, and we will see you in the next episode.